0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue what we started last week in the 13th chapter of the book of Mark. In the middle of Jesus' last week in Jerusalem, leading up to the crucifixion, Jesus takes a moment to pull back the veil and give a glimpse of what was going to come to pass in the future. This has become known as the Olivet Discourse. Pastor Jim just introduced it last week, and now we're going to start to get into the details of what Jesus revealed. But we'll be spending several more weeks in this chapter to deal with all of it. Some of what is here is now history. Some we see happening around us even today, and some we still wait for. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Beginnings of Birth Pangs. In addition to them, also in Revelation 7, there will be a Great multitude, which no one could count from every tongue and all tribes and peoples. I'm sorry, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues. Gentiles and Jews and the two witnesses from all over the world. And just for those that they might not get to personally, God is going to supernaturally see that the gospel is proclaimed. Revelation 14. 6 and 7. Don't have time to do it in all of its connections, but you can get our series on Revelation if you want to. John writes, And I saw another angel flying in midheaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of waters. Even in the time of his greatest outpouring of wrath, and make no mistake, the events of that 70th week are the wrath of God poured out on earth. You understand there is this universal proclamation of the good news that salvation is available through the Savior, that the giver of that wrath... Has actually provided. As a matter of fact, it's called the wrath of the Lamb in Revelation. The Savior is offering salvation and distributing wrath at the same time. Now, the gospel is going to be preached. That's a theme word in Mark. Remember I pointed out to you when we started this book, chapter 1, verse 1, and I, I commend to you the second sermon in this series. The first one was on Mark 1, verse 0, which is what came before Mark. But look at the one on Mark 1, 1. Mark puts as a title over his gospel. It's the the introduction. He says, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So he's writing to people who he expected to understand what he meant by that word, gospel. And I explained to you that the development of the use of that word. The word gospel was specifically understood in the Roman world as the description of what they were to receive as good news. That's what gospel means, the Greek word euangelion. Eu is a prefix that means good. Angelion is a, a, a message, the good message, or the good word, or the good news. And in the, in the Roman world... They called the gospel the good news about a king and the spread of a kingdom. Specifically, they were talking about, look how wonderful Caesar is. And you ought to worship him because he is so wonderful. Well, there was actually even an earlier use of the term good news, the gospel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. Remember, Isaiah... Heard the song that we sing. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them that bring good news. And our God reigns. 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 I think that was the Hebrew version of it. Uh, well, what was that? That was good news predicted by God through Isaiah that Israel was going to be able to come back to the land after the captivity. The good news is that God is making a way for you to be saved. God is making a way for you to be blessed. And so Mark takes his account of the life of Jesus and puts it in terms that would speak to the Roman world. This is good news, but, oh, it's not about the king you're thinking of. It's about Jesus The Son of God. In direct distinction from the current view of the arrival of Caesar. So there's a background to that word. But, well, we don't... Jesus wasn't preaching that Jesus died for your sins. And we know that to be the gospel. So how is it developed? Well, the good news is always it has this in common. It's always the announcement of salvation. It's always the announcement of... God's provision. So when John the Baptist came along, he called it the gospel of God. It's the good news that God is giving you. What was his good news? Well, you can be forgiven. You you confess, you repent, you can be forgiven. During his ministry, Jesus and the disciples preached good news as well. In their case, it's simply called the gospel, the good news, or sometimes it's called the gospel of the kingdom because the hope of the Jews, the understanding of the Jews, the confidence of the Jews is that God would fulfill his promise for the kingdom of God to come at the hands of the Messiah. So always in the Bible. The gospel is the message of salvation. It is provided and offered to God, uh, offered by God to every person who will turn to Him, who will put their trust in Him, who will abandon any other alleged source of salvation. And as the plan of God unfolds, the gospel has been more and more fully revealed. Revealed. And in this era, we now know it is one gospel that is the only way of salvation for Jew or Gentile, for anyone who will believe. And now we know the, the fullness of the gospel, if you will, is as it's recorded in Mark. Or it's not Mark. Um, Mark believed it. Uh, 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, that Jesus came, He died, He rose again, and he, it is all in fulfillment of the Scriptures. This is the gospel. What gospel is going to be preached? That gospel. And what's it called in Revelation 14? It's called the eternal gospel. You see, it's always the offer of of salvation based on what God has accomplished through his grace. It's still the gospel of God. It's still the gospel of the kingdom. It's still the announcement of peace and happiness and salvation because Our God reigns because God is in charge of this whole plan. It's still the good news of eternal rewards in the presence of God. But now with the fullness of the message that Christ has come, He has died, He said, as far as redemption is concerned, it is finished. There is salvation in no other except Jesus Christ, only through His death and resurrection. So in the end, you understand, it is the eternal gospel. It's the eternal plan of God. Now, the word gospel wasn't used, but the concept of the Savior was introduced all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, connected with the promised seed of the woman. So, this gospel is going to be preached in its fullness to the whole world, all people, all nations, all languages. It's going to come to everyone. Do you see that with the final outpouring of His wrath also comes the final invitation to His grace? Right to the very end, God is not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. It's all building up to the kingdom, the beginning of the birth pangs, Don't be misled. Expect wars. Expect devastations. Be on your guard. Prepare to proclaim the gospel. If we want to be about end times ministries, what ought we to do? Preach the gospel. That's what we ought to be doing. Number six, expect to be abandoned. Yeah, there was good news. The gospel is going to be preached like never before, but um, you don't want to be around. You don't want to be alive during this time. Look at the last three verses of our paragraph. Mark 13, 11 to 13. When they arrest you, <laughs> just a are you know, if, you're, if you're around then, you're going to get arrested if you follow me. When they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Now understand, there's going to be a lot of betrayal. A lot of deception. A lot of other bad stuff. But as a consequence of the power of the deceptions going on, many even supposed Christians are going to defect. Now, after the rapture of the church, I know I have talked about that term. You can go study other uh, teaching that we've done on that. But after the rapture of the church, the church is taken away, many people are apparently going to make what we might refer to as foxhole decisions to be believers. But when the full-blown hatred is unleashed...